Just that. Oh no. That's not good. And I said, no, we celebrate Christmas. And then she asked me, 
one vote huge and says no, we're grid shifting. That's why we delegate to no fight. Smart. Say smart. And then I was like, oh that's right, that's right. And what was funny was that a few days later, um, when Maggie was talking to their grandmother, his mom in South Korea on the phone, and at the end of the conversation, the grandmother was like, and then our other daughter, Emma, replied to the grandmother, said, Hi, you want to go? To the grandmother, and then she was like, What? I said, What? I don't remember the details of the city garden. And so she was so confused about what we're celebrating, about who it is that we're celebrating. It is confused. All kids have birth. Bible, we see time and time again that names 
relates to some aspect or circumstance of one's birth, right? Uh, for example, Isaac. Isaac means what? Blasphemy. Uh, then for one six, his mother Sarah, um, she says, God has brought me back to it. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Because she got pregnant at age 90. And so Isaac means that God brings up for the last of Jacob. I mean, Jacob literally means healed rather. Some people say it means um, figuratively uh, the fever. And that's how he was born with his twin brother Esau, grabbing onto the heel of his brother Jacob. Moses. What does Moses mean? His name means to draw out or um, to pull out. And again, Pharaoh's daughter moved him out of the Nile River, brought him out. So that's what she decided to do. This is a huge here. Like I said, there's so many, many more examples in the Bible of this. And it's not just biblical times for Because parents today prayerfully choose the name of their baby, right? A lot of significant times, efforts, uh, you know, researching names, looking up the different meanings, um, just doing a lot, a lot of times efforts. And they want to choose the right name for their baby. And that's because oftentimes the name that they choose decides the parents, their hopes and future expectations for that child. And so they name that child. The name. Naming is powerful. Calling something, you know, a specific word, naming it is a very powerful act and is a very powerful thing. So let's look at our scripture text for today. Let's go to Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go to that or um, I have it here for you. Isaiah 9, 6, 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So this is a very famous, very, very well-known uh, passage that the prophet Isaiah uh, wrote, and he's speaking about the coming Messiah. Now, verse 6 reveals the character and uniqueness of Jesus, both his humanity and his deity is evident here from the very beginning, from the very start. Again, his humanity, fully man, and his deity, fully God. If you look at the first two lines, if you look at the first two lines again, you can see it, right? It says, for to us a child is born. This describes his birth as a baby. He is born, born of a woman, a virgin uh, woman, right? So for to us a child is born, birthed as a baby, a human, and it speaks to his humanity. Now, the second line, to us a son is given. Jesus is God's son. 
and he was given as a gift to us. And this speaks of his deity because he is God's son. He is also God and speaks of his deity. Now I've read these verses so many times for to us, the child is born to us. The son is given. I mean, I hear it all the time, particularly at Christmas every year. And it's something that I've heard many, many times, but I don't think I've ever fully, fully grasped what it meant. Let me explain that. This, this child was birthed in Bethlehem and this child was the gift of the eternal son, which was given to us. So in other words, the son wasn't born. I know you probably think this is really, really simple, but listen, listen for a second. The son wasn't born. The son eternally existed all the time. And we know this from the opening gospel of John. In John's gospel, it says, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And uh, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So from the beginning was the word, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So again, the child was born, the son was given. I don't mean to belabor this point, but it was, it, it just really struck me because again, these words are so simple and I just kind of read through really quickly through it because it's just very poetic and, and the words are so simple that I think so often um, I, I miss the theological significance, the theological meaning behind it. I never fully realized it till now. I don't know if you guys all did and just like, yeah, I know I knew this, but I don't know. It just really, in preparing this message, it struck me uh, about this. Okay, so let's look at the four names or titles for the Messiah. First, we read that he was called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor, which literally means a wonder or miracle of a counselor. He will be one, this coming Messiah will be a wonderful counselor. He will be one who is wise in the ways of people. One who will comfort and guide his people. One of the key duties of a king is to give counsel and to give direction to his people. A few chapters later, Isaiah is talking again about this coming king. And Isaiah talks about um, it being a branch, a shoot of Jesse, right? And he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power. And that's in Isaiah 11 too. So he's speaking about the spirit of counsel that's going to be resting upon this coming Messiah. This coming Messiah will have gifts to be a shepherd, one who can nurture, guide, lead, one who's a wise counselor that the people will listen to as as one with unusually, um, with unusual authority, the people recognize and see and listen to this wise counselor, recognizing that he has this unusual authority about him, a spirit of counsel upon him. Secondly, he will be called mighty God. Mighty means to possess great strength, uh, great power, this title and this name, it tells us that Jesus is not only the son of God, but that he is also God, the son. Do you catch that again? He's not only the son of God, but he's also God, the son, the second person in the Trinity. 
In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus is very clear about his identity. In John 10, 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. In fact, the people who hear him, the Jews, they're very clear on what Jesus is trying to say because they try to stone him. They want to stone him for daring to claim that he is God. So in essence, they know, they understand what Jesus is saying here. I am the Father and one, that I am God, right? And so he's very clear on this. Thirdly, it says um, that he will be called everlasting father or eternal father. So as I said, he and the father are one and they are eternal. God, the triune God, are eternal. They exist together eternally, no beginning, no end. They have always been. God is eternal. Isaiah chapter 40, again, Isaiah later, uh, chapter 40, 28, he says, do you not know, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? I can't say that without having that song, that praise song tune in my mind. Have you not heard? So do you not know, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? And then the prayer of Moses that's recorded in Psalm 90 also says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting you are God. And we've heard that phrase many times, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And fourthly, it says that he will be called Prince of Peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, right? And again, that's another very famous uh, scripture often quoted. He is our peace, and his rule and reign will be one of peace. It will be peaceful. But what we get confused about is that his peace is not the peace that the world gives. So when he's talking about peace, it may not look like the worldly peace that we expect or the peace or the definition of peace that we uh, expect. The Old Testament word here is shalom. And this shalom, it encompasses more than uh, no fighting, no war, right? This word shalom encompasses wholeness, um, a harmony. It's an inner peace, a shalom of a, of a health and, and just a goodness and a well-being, an inner well-being, not just, like I said, the outward stopping of wars and, and such. Um, it's like this uh, bumper sticker. I know that uh, many of you have seen this before. Have you guys, how many of you seen this before? No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. I've seen this on a few bumper stickers, right? Now let's look at our New Testament verses. Our New Testament verse that I want to look at is from Matthew. Matthew 1 verses 22 to 23, NIV. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here the gospel writer is quoting directly from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. 
directly from Isaiah 7:14. Earlier, I read a few verses from the opening of the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 3, saying, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Later in chapter 1, but in verse 14, John goes on to say, the Word became flesh, and um, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and made his dwelling among us. There was this astronaut, and his name is James Irwin. And this is what he had to say. James Irwin was the eighth person to walk on the moon, the eighth person to walk on the moon. And he says that there's something more important than man walking on the moon, and that is God walking on the earth. When I came across this quote, I was like, whoa. There's something more important than man. And he is one man who actually literally went into space and walked on the moon. And so he's able to say this. There's something even more important than man walking on the moon. And that is just, just the idea, just the concept, just the thought, the reality of God walking on the earth among us. Isn't that amazing? I really appreciated that quote. Think for a moment of some big event. Everybody kind of think for a moment of some big event, some, some big moment in your life. Whatever it was, think about this big, like celebratory, uh, exhilarating moment, uh, event in your life. Whatever it was, wasn't it that much more awesome, that much more, uh, much greater because you were able to share it with someone important to you? Most things that big events or big moments that happen in our life are shared with folks, loved ones and other people. It's not just a private secretive moment that is super uh, exhilarating, but it's usually shared with someone, is it not? And if you didn't or couldn't share it, a lot of people right now because of this pandemic, they've got what, lots of big events, lots of life moments happening that they're unable to share with their loved ones and share with people because of the pandemic. If you were not able to share it with someone, then think about how much more would it have meant if you could have. Now I'm thinking about, for example, like let's say uh, giving birth. We had like seven babies born at Hope Church this year, just in the last couple months. And at the height of the pandemic, it was like, um, you know, some, there was all this talk about, they were not letting husbands into the birthing room, the labor and delivery room to even be with the wives. Like some wives were, uh, some women were having to give birth without their husband or mom or, or uh, support loved one near them. And, you know, you just can't even imagine that. What about graduations? or if you graduated high school or college, what about weddings, you know, that you couldn't have your, you want your family and friends and, and parents, uh, grandparents and whatnot to be with you, to share the moment, to share this moment. And, and this is the way that God created us. This is the way that God made us to be, is that we want, we crave community. We want to share with others we want to be with others. We want others to be with us during these big moments of life. It's almost not worth doing or having unless you can share it with others, weddings, graduations, and whatnot. But this is also true of 
uh, moments that are not celebratory and that are not joyful. Because we also have big moments and big events that are in our lives that are sad or that are bad. They're like accidents or, or tragedy or something, like maybe during an illness or the death of a loved one, or um, like I said, some sort of an accident. When you're grieving, when you're sick, when you are hurting, then too, we want someone to be with us. Can you imagine going through that without someone, a loved one uh, being with you? Again, when I think about the pandemic and I see all these stories about um, people dying alone, you know, from COVID, they're in hospital beds and their uh, loved ones, close family members, all they get to do is say goodbye using an iPhone, FaceTiming. I mean, there are some doctors in hospitals where they have iPads and iPhones and they're able to hold it up to the patient to be able to virtually see their loved one dying alone. I mean, these images of we were made in these great moments, good and bad, to have community and to have our loved ones, to be with others and not to be alone. And our deepest desire, I believe, as humans is to know that the God of the universe, the almighty great creator God is with me, that God is with us and that we are never alone. I think that is our basic human desire. The question for most people is not, is there a God? The question for most people is not, is there a God? But rather, is God truly with me? Yeah, there's a God, there's a far distant God somewhere, you know, some may think. But the question really is, is God truly with us, truly with me and knows me? Throughout the Bible, God shows us that he is indeed faithful to his promises of, of being with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us over and over again. From the beginning with Abraham, when God promises Abraham in Genesis 26, uh, verse 3, he says to Abraham, I will be with you and I will bless you. You know, and Abraham, of course, goes through ups and downs. And then later, Abraham's grandson, Jacob. Same thing, Jacob doubted that God was with him. And so one night, the famous dream, one night Jacob has a dream where God says to him um, in Genesis 28, verse 15, God comes to him in a dream and says, I am with you, Jacob, and I will watch over you wherever you go. Also famously, Joshua, after Moses dies, the great leader Moses dies, Joshua is gonna take over and what does the Lord say to um, Joshua? The Lord says, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Joshua chapter one, verse five. So I wanna kind of bring this all together and say, this Friday is Christmas. We celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is called Emmanuel. God is with us. And that's the message of Christmas. It's not that God will keep us and protect us from disappointment or from the messiness uh, and troubles of this uh, everyday life and of this world. What it is, is that God is with us during those times. Jesus was named 700 years before he was born. 
when we read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, about, you know, Jesus and his birth and such, the prophet Isaiah wrote, it was 700 earlier. So think about this. Jesus was named 700 years before he was born. The prophet Isaiah said, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is what you are, this um, Messiah, this Jesus that's coming is to be called. And most importantly, Emmanuel, God with us. So as we look back over 2020, throughout the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the joys and the challenges that came with 2020, we say, Emmanuel, God was with us. And as we look ahead, we've got two weeks left of 2020. We look ahead to the year 2021. We look ahead to the new year. We look with hope and we say, Emmanuel, God will be with us as he is even now with us. I know it's been a tough year for many, many people, but know that this is the message of Christmas, that God walked on earth, dwelled among us, and God is with us. We were never forsaken and we were never left alone. He was always with us. And I hope that you and every one of you, these uh, last two weeks before the new year begins, can have that shalom the peace, the shalom that the world cannot give, but that only God, Emmanuel, can give to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that we look to the great I am. We look to the great God, the creator, the sovereign one, the almighty. Father, we thank you for the promises that you have given to us, that you are always with us. You have no beginning and no end. You have always been and will always be. And so God, your presence with us, Lord, that God with us, the message that you give to each one of us, Lord, during particularly this season, as we look forward to celebrating the birth of our Savior, of Jesus, God, born in a manger. And God, at the same time, as we look ahead to the second coming, God, the coming of the Messiah, Lord. Father, our great hope is in you as we close out 2020 and look ahead to 2021. But through it all, one thing remains, and that is, God, you are with us. Emmanuel is your name. So we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my name. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my name. What 
to go our separate. Go our separation benediction um, I, I wanted to say a few words a few announcements um, uh, Christmas day service we are having at 11 o'clock on Friday and then New Year's Eve service we're having at 11:30 p.m on New Year's Eve um, and I wanted to let you know it's not uh, the typical full service that you expect like a Sunday service with you know, 20 minutes of praise and a sermon and, and prayer and such like that, it'll be very, very different. Uh, so the Christmas day is going to be very uh, kid-friendly, um, family kind of centered. Uh, so in, we invite everyone to come, especially your uh, with kids. It's going to be no sermon. The PQ and I are not going to be preaching. Um, so it's more of a celebration um, of, of Jesus and of just a whole family. Hope Church getting together, so please join us on Christmas Day. New Year's Eve, same thing. I think we're going to sing some fun songs, and it's going to be a celebration. We're going to start at 11.30 p.m., so I know kids take a nap beforehand, then wake up at 11 o'clock at night and join us at 11.30 with your uh, parents with hot chocolate, and so we're going to sing together. Uh, we'll read scripture and pray, uh, and then we're going to have communion together right at midnight. What better way? I can't think of any better way to begin the new year from literally at midnight when the clock strikes 12 and then 12.01 going into the new year with my Hope family, um, ushering in and sharing communion together. So really, really greatly looking forward to that. Also today we have um, our congregational meeting 
And just again, another reminder that please join us at 4.30. You have all the Zoom links. You have to come in separately. So if in your household, you have various ones who are all members, please um, log in on separate electronic devices and not share one login with like husband and wife, sister, brother, if your child is old enough to be voting, uh, you all need to log in separately so that you can cast your vote separately. We need to count them separately. So, all right, let's pray. God, we thank you. We love you, God. All these things that are happening, Father, this Christmas Day service, New Year's Eve service, the congregational meeting, all these things, God, again, just adding to what seems like just the hustle, bustle, and busyness. Father, again, through it all, it is all about not the presents that get wrapped and put under the tree, but it is all about your presence with us. God, Emmanuel. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love, amazing, everlasting love of God the Father, the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of us, all of us, the Hope Church community, family and friends and beyond, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And I hopefully will see most, if not all of you at 4.30 for the congregation meeting. Mm -hmm.